Episode 204, Tipitaka Part 130. And this is a very special episode because last time we finished reading the rules for nuns. And we had been reading those for a long time. Before that, we were reading the rules for monks. And now we are in the second half of the first of the three baskets of Theravada, or uh, Preceptarian Early Buddhism. And uh, I don't know what's coming next. You know more than I do, because you know the title of this video, or this episode, if you're on the audio-only podcast. And uh, so it's very exciting. Um, So just to briefly review, um, generally speaking, we've got uh, Preceptarian Early Buddhism over here, Theravada, which I, I distinguish between these two, um, defining Theravada as more the, the form of Buddhism that was codified under King Ashok in, after the Third Council or in the Third Council and from that point forward. So from about the second century before Common Era forward until today. There's still many Theravadan orders today. And, uh, <clears throat> but pre-sectarian early Buddhism refers to when there was only one order before there was ever a schism. And then, of course, uh, developed Mahayana Buddhism, right? Great vehicle. They refer to Theravada Buddhism as Hinayana, which means small vehicle. I avoid using that term. I prefer Theravada because it's just kind of strikes me as a little bit uh, oh, rude. Anyway, to say Hinayana. Um, So then uh, Vajrayana developed, and then we have two forms of Vajrayana here. There's uh, Shingon Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhism. Both are Vajrayana, uh, which means lightning path or diamond path. It means both diamond, lightning, Vajra. Um, And then over here we have Chan or Zen. Uh, That's Master Dogen description of him. So we sometimes we uh, jump around to different forms here on this program, but mostly for the past year and a half, we've been focused on pre-sectarian early Buddhism and reading the Tibitaka. Per the advice of uh, a number of people that I spoke to um, who are on the path uh, focusing they suggest focusing on, on Theravada or focusing on, on early Buddhism to understand the basics, the basic teachings before then adding, like uh, building a house upon it, um, the, uh, the Mahayana, and then later the Vajrayana. So here we are. Um, that's for those who just happen to tune in for this episode who've never seen me before. And uh, if you're interested, if you would like to start at the beginning of the Tipitaka playlist, then you can do so by clicking here. And uh, so without further ado, here's the big moment, pulling out the fourth book. Okay, let's find out what we're going to be reading for the next, I don't know how long. And right or wrong, I am going to skip 
translator's introduction. Okay, the great division, Mahavaga. Praise to the Lord, the perfected one, the fully self-awakened one. At one time, the awakened one, the Lord. Is this a different? No, same translator. Being recently fully awakened was staying at Uruvela on the bank of the river Naranjara, at the foot of the tree of awakening. Then the Lord sat cross-legged in one, parentheses, posture, end parentheses, for seven days at the foot of the tree of awakening, experiencing the bliss of freedom. Then the Lord, during the first watch of the night, paid attention to causal uprising in direct and reverse order. Conditioned by ignorance are habitual tendencies. I think the dog, the dog starts barking as soon as I start reading this. I think he's hearing my voice and responding to it or reacting. He doesn't like hearing my voice. Um, so, okay. I don't like hearing yours either, buddy. He's not my dog. He's uh, someone else's. Okay. Uh, conditioned, yes, conditioned by ignorance are the habitual tendencies. Conditioned by the habitual tendencies is consciousness. Conditioned by consciousness is psychophysicality. It's very interesting that this is from an ancient language and uh, they were able to find such a specific, like basically fairly recent term. I mean, this was translated a hundred years ago, but still. <clears throat> Conditioned by psychophysicality are the six parentheses sense and parentheses spheres. Well, there's six. Okay. Conditioned by the six parentheses sense and parentheses spheres is awareness. Conditioned by awareness is feeling. Conditioned by feeling is craving. Conditioned by craving is grasping. Conditioned by grasping is becoming. Conditioned by becoming is birth. Conditioned by birth, old age, and dying, grief, sorrow, and lamentation, suffering, dejection, and despair come into being. Such is the arising of this entire mass of ill. <clears throat> but from the utter fading away and stopping of this very ignorance, parentheses comes and parentheses, the stopping of habitual tendencies. From the stopping of habitual tendencies, the stopping of consciousness. From the stopping of consciousness, the stopping of psychophysicality. From the stopping of psychophysicality, the stopping of the six parentheses sense and parentheses spheres. From the stopping of the six parentheses sense and parentheses spheres, 
the stopping of awareness. From the stopping of awareness, the stopping of feeling. From the stopping of feeling, the stopping of craving. From the stopping of craving, the stopping of grasping. From the stopping of grasping, the stopping of becoming. From the stopping of becoming, the stopping of birth, old age, and dying, grief, sorrow, and lamentation, suffering, dejection, and despair are stopped. Such is the stopping of this entire mass of ill. Then the Lord, having understood this matter, at that time uttered this, parentheses, solemn, end parentheses, utterance, quote, truly, when things grow plain to the ardent meditating Brahman, his doubts all vanish in that he comprehends thing with cause. End parentheses. Then the Lord, during the middle watch of the night, paid attention to causal upright, uprising in direct and reverse order. Conditioned by ignorance are the habitual tendencies. Conditioned by the habitual tendencies is consciousness. Four dots, I think, because it repeats what has already been stated. Such is the arising. Four dots. Such is the stopping of this entire mass of ill. Then the Lord, having understood this matter, at that time uttered this, parentheses, solemn, and parentheses, utterance, quote, truly, when things grow plain to the ardent meditating Brahman, his doubts all vanish in that he discerns destruction of cause, end quote. Then the Lord, during this last watch of the night, paid attention to causal uprising in direct and reverse order. Conditioned by ignorance are the habitual tendencies. Conditioned by habitual tendencies is consciousness, four dots. Such is the arising, four dots. Such is the stopping of this entire mass of ill. Then the Lord, having understood this matter, at that time, uttered this, parentheses, solemn, and parentheses, utterance, quote, truly, when things grow plain to the ardent meditating Brahman, routing the host of Mara, does he stand like as the sun when lighting up the sky, end quote. Told is the talk on awakening. Then the Lord, having emerged from that contemplation at the end of seven days, approached the goatherd's banyan from the foot of the tree of awakening. Having approached, he sat cross-legged in one parentheses posture, end parentheses, 
for seven days at the foot of the goat herd's banyan, experiencing the bliss of freedom. Then a certain Brahmin of the class uttering the sound hum approached the Lord. Having approached, he exchanged greetings with the Lord. Having exchanged greetings of friendliness and courtesy, he stood at a respectful distance. As he was standing at a respectful distance, that Brahmin spoke thus to the Lord, quote, To what extent, good Gotama, does one become a Brahmin? And again, what are the things which make a Brahmin? End quote. Then the Lord, having understood this matter, at that time uttered this parentheses solemn and parentheses utterance quote, that brahmin who bars out evil things not uttering the sound hum with no impurity curbed of self master of vedas who lives the brahma faring this is the Brahman who may rightly speak the Brahma speech, who has no blemishes anywhere in the world. End quote. Told is the talk at the goat herds. Very interesting. Then the Lord, at the end of seven days, having emerged from that contemplation, approached the Bukalinda, parentheses, tree, end parentheses, from the foot of the goatherd's banyan. Having approached, he sat cross-legged in one, parentheses, posture, end parentheses, for seven days at the foot of the Mukalinda, experiencing the bliss of freedom. Now at that time, a great storm arose out of due season. For seven days, there was rainy weather, cold winds, and overcast skies. Then Mukalinda, the serpent king, having come forth from his own haunt, having encircled the Lord's body seven times with his coils, having spread a great hood over his head, stood, saying, quote, Let no cold, parentheses, annoy, and parentheses, the Lord. Let no heat, parentheses, annoy, and parentheses, the Lord. Let not the touch of flies, mosquitoes, wind, and heat, or creeping things, parentheses, annoy, and parentheses, the Lord. End quote. Then Mukalinda, the serpent king, at the end of those seven days, having known that the sky was clear and without a cloud, having unwound his coils from the Lord's body, having given up his own form and assumed a youth's form, stood in front of the Lord, honoring the Lord with joined palms. Then the Lord, having understood this matter, at that time uttered this, 
parentheses, solemn, end parentheses, utterance. Quote, Happy his solitude, who glad at heart hath Dhamma learnt, and doth the vision see. Happy is that benignity toward the world which on no creature worketh harm. Happy the absence of all lust, the ascent past and beyond the needs of sense desires. He who doth crush the great I am conceit. This, truly this, is happiness supreme. Told is the talk at the Mukalinda. Well, so far, this is very refreshingly different from what we've been reading for the past year and a half, uh, which is kind of the same formula of a monk does a bad thing, monks tell the Lord, the Lord says, is it true he did this bad thing that establishes a new rule, then makes maybe an exception to the rule for some reason. This is, this is actual teachings. I'm going to be listening to this uh, several times myself just to absorb the words. I feel like on first passing listen, it's not enough. I, I want to I wanna listen to this a few times. I also find it interesting that um, when they're quoting Lord Buddha, the translator in 1930s England has chosen to use words like that, thee and thou and dost and to, um, to abbreviate the as th apostrophe as if it were all Shakespeare or the King James translation of the Bible as if it were Elizabethan English. Um, I think because people tend to think of holy words as being, at least back then, nowadays we have more modern translations like the New Revised Standard Edition and other direct translations from, from Western scriptures like the, the, the Tanakh and such. That, that don't use these Shakespearean uh, things. And this kind of, these kinds of words are more specifically associated with Shakespeare rather than biblical things. But in Masonic rites and these kinds of, you know, initiatory rites and very formal, holy, you know, rev, you know occasions with a lot of reverence, in, uh, especially in England, thee and thou was used, which is interesting because 500 years ago, thou was informal. So if you were just talking to your buddy, you said, hey, how art thou? But uh, if you were being formal and talking to a king, you would say, well, you, not to a king, but to someone who's a noble or something, someone who you want to show that you know they're your great uncle or something, you'd say, how are you to show formality? <laughs> And ironically, 500 years later, thou sounds very formal, but in a specific way, in a, in a, in a sort of religious way. So the translators have chosen to uh, translate the words and declarations, the solemn utterances of Lord Buddha 2,600 years ago in ancient Bihar, India, as speaking in that same Shakespearean dialect. All right. <laughs> it's a choice made by... The Polytech Society. Thank you, Polytech Society. I really appreciate you making these scriptures available for the English-speaking world. Okay. <clears throat> then the Lord, 
At the end of seven days, having emerged from that contemplation, approached the Raja Yatana from the foot of the Mukalinda. Having approached, he sat cross-legged in one parentheses posture and parentheses for seven days at the foot of the Raja Yatana, experiencing the bliss of freedom. Now at that time, the merchants Tapusa and Bhalika were going along the high road from Ukala to that district. Then a Devata, who was a blood relation of the merchants Tapusa and Bhalika, spoke thus to the merchants Tapusa and Bhalika, quote, My good friends, this Lord, having just, parentheses, become, end parentheses, wholly awakened, is staying at the foot of the Raja Yatana. Go and serve that Lord with barley gruel and honey balls. And this will be a blessing and happiness for you for a long time. End quote. Then the merchants Tapusa and Bahalika, taking barley gruel and honey balls, approached the Lord. Having approached, they greeted the Lord. They stood at a respectful distance. As they were standing at a respectful distance, the merchants Tapusa and Bahalika spoke thus to the Lord, quote, Lord, let the Lord receive our barley gruel and honey balls, that this may be a blessing and happiness for us for a long time. Then it occurred to the Lord, quote, Truth finders do not receive with their hands. Now with what shall I receive the barley gruel and honey balls? End quote. Then the four great kings, knowing with their minds the reasoning in the Lord's mind, from the four quarters presented the Lord with four bowls made of rock crystal, saying, quote, Lord, let the Lord receive the barley gruel and honey balls herein, end quote. The Lord received the barley gruel and the honey balls in a new bowl made of rock crystal, and having received them, he partook of them. Then the merchants Tapusa and Bahalika, having found that the Lord had removed his hand from the bowl, having inclined their heads toward the Lord's feet, spoke thus to the Lord, quote, we, Lord, are those going to the Lord for refuge and to Dhamma. Let the Lord accept us as lay disciples, gone for refuge, for life from this day forth. End quote. Thus these came to be the first lay disciples in the world, using the two-word formula. Told is the talk at the Raja Yatana. Wow.
Then the Lord, having emerged from that contemplation at the end of seven days, approached the goat herd's banyan from the foot of the Raja Yatana. Having approached, the Lord stayed there at the foot of the goat herd's banyan. Then, as the Lord was meditating in seclusion, <clears throat> a reasoning arose in his mind thus, quote, This Dharma, won by me, is deep, difficult to see, difficult to understand, peaceful, excellent, beyond dialectic, subtle, intelligible to the learned, but this is a creation delighting in sensual pleasure, delighted by sensual pleasure, rejoicing in sensual pleasure, so that for a creation delighting in sensual pleasure, delighted by sensual pleasure, rejoicing in sensual pleasure, this were a matter difficult to see. That is to say, causal uprising by way of cause. This too were a matter very difficult to see. That is to say, the calming of all the habitual tendencies, the renunciation of all attachment, the destruction of craving, dispassion, stopping, nirvana. And so if I were to teach Dhamma and others were not to understand me, this would be a weariness to me. This would be a vexation to me. And further, these verses not heard before in the past occurred spontaneously to the Lord. Quote, <clears throat> This that through many toils I've won, enough, why should I make it known? By folk with lust and hate consumed, this Dhamma is not understood. Leading on against the stream, Subtle, deep, difficult to see, delicate, unseen, twill be by passion's slaves, cloaked in the murk of ignorance. End quote. In such wise, in such wise as the Lord pondered, his mind inclined to little effort and not to teaching dawn. Then it occurred to Brahma Sahampati, knowing with his mind the reasoning in the Lord's mind. Quote, Alas, the world is lost. Alas, the world is destroyed. Inasmuch as the mind of the truth finder, the perfected one, the fully awakened one, inclines to little effort and not to teaching Dhamma. End quote. Then as a strong man might stretch forth his bent arm or might bend back his outstretched arm, even so did Brahma Sahampati, vanishing from the Brahma world, become manifest before the Lord. Then Brahma Sahampati, having arranged his upper robe, 
over one shoulder, having stooped his right knee to the ground, having saluted the Lord with joined palms, spoke thus to the Lord, quote, Lord, let the Lord teach Dhamma. Let the, let the welfarer teach Dhamma. There are beings with little dust in their eyes who, not hearing Dhamma, are decaying. Parentheses, but if, and parentheses. They are learners of Dhamma. They will grow. End quote. Thus spoke, thus spoke Brahma Sahampati. Having said this, he further spoke thus. Quote, there has appeared in Magadha before thee an unclean dhamma by impure minds devised. Open this door of deathlessness. Let them hear dhamma awakened to by the stainless one. As on a crag, on crest of mountain standing, a man might watch the people far below. E'en so thou, O wisdom fair, ascending, O seer of all the terraced heights of truth, look down from grief released upon the peoples, sunken in grief, oppressed with birth and age. Arise, thou hero, conqueror in the battle, Thou freed from debt, man of the caravan, walk the world over, let the Blessed One teach Dhamma. They who learn will grow." End quote. When he had spoken thus, the Lord spoke thus to Brahma Sahampati, quote, Brahma, it occurred to me. This Dhamma penetrated by me is deep. Three dots. I don't know what goes in those three dots. That's unfortunate. That would be a vexation to me. Ah, okay, so everything that had occurred to him previously. Okay. And, quote, quotes. And further, Brahma, these verses not heard before in the past occurred spontaneously to me. Quote, quotes, this that through many toils I've won, three dots, cloaked in the murk of ignorance, end quote, quotes. In such wise, Brahma, as I pondered, my mind inclined to little effort and not to teaching Dhamma, end quote. Then a second time. Did Brahma Sahampati speak thus to the Lord? Quote, Lord, let the Lord teach Dhamma. Three dots. If they are learners of Dhamma, they will grow. End quote. So he repeated everything he had said. Then a second time did the Lord speak thus to Brahma Sahampati. Quote, but Brahma, it occurred to me. Three dots. My mind inclined to little effort and not to teaching Dhamma. End quote. Then a third time did Brahma Sahampati speak thus to the Lord. Quote, Lord, let the Lord teach Dhamma. Three dots. If they are learners of Dhamma, they will grow. End quote. Then the Lord, 
having understood Brahma's entreaty and, out of compassion for beings, surveyed the world with the eye of an awakened one. As the Lord was surveying the world with the eye of an awakened one, he saw beings with little dust in their eyes, which, with much dust in their eyes, with acute faculties, with dull faculties, of good dispositions, of bad dispositions, docile, indocile, few seeing fear in sins and the worlds beyond. Even as in a pond of blue lotuses, or in a pond of red lotuses, or in a pond of white lotuses, a few blue or red or white lotuses are born in the water, grow in the water, do not rise above the water, but thrive while altogether immersed. A few blue or red or white lotuses are born in the water, grow in the water, and reach to the surface of the water. A few blue or red or white lotuses are born in the water, grow in the water, and stand up rising out of the water, undefiled by the water. Even so did the Lord, surveying the world with the eye of an awakened one, see beings with little dust in their eyes, with much dust in their eyes, with acute faculties, with dull faculties, of good dispositions, of bad dispositions, docile, indocile, few seeing fear in sins and the worlds beyond. Seeing Brahma Sahampati, he addressed him with verses. Quote, Open for those who hear are the doors of deathlessness. Let them renounce their faith. Thinking of useless fatigue, I have not preached, Brahma, the sublime and excellent Dhamma, to men." End quote. Then Brahma Sahampadi, thinking, quote, the opportunity was made by me for the Lord to teach Dhamma, end quote, greeting the Lord, keeping his right side towards him, vanished then and there. Told is the talk on Brahma's entreaty. Okay. So this section is called Mahavaga 1. And, uh, wow, it, and there's Mahavaga 2, 3, 4. Okay. I try not to look ahead too much, but I just wanted to peek. So this will be Mahavaga 1, part 1. This is nice. After uh, a year and a half of reading the rules, I mean, I wanted to read the rules. I committed to reading the rules, and and we did it. We got through it. And um, even though we're still in the Vinaya Pitaka, the book, the book of discipline, according to the Polytech Society, um, yeah, 
this is feeling a lot more like teachings of Buddhism or at least lore um, the origin story of how it all got started and it's, it's very refreshing to, uh, to read this and I look forward to continuing to read this I don't have any thoughts really on what we read except that I was reminded of and I, I'm sure this is related and probably this is the origin um, my good friend Cliff uh, he had heard it from somewhere else I'm sure it was taught to him but in reference to CDs, in reference to occult magical powers that one uh, can gain on the yogic path or indeed on the Buddhist path um, the idea is that those who want those or those who set upon the path so that they can gain those are, are misguided. And hopefully, at some point, they will realize that that is not the point. Um, others may begin upon the path with pure intentions. And as they, as they approach enlightenment, they gain CDs. They gain the ability to, for example, levitate, they say, or to read, read the minds of people. Um, and they get distracted from the path and start to indulge in using these CDs. And uh, the, the analogy is that it's like the lotus that rises up toward the surface of the water and in this the example I'm giving now the surface of the water would, would be enlightenment to bloom above the surface of the water is to attain nirvana but these are lotuses that are halfway up, they're still underwater and the seedies are like fish that are swimming around and these can be distracting and if the lotus starts to grow instead of growing upward toward nirvana, they start to grow toward the fishes, then they'll never reach the surface. Something like that, if I remember correctly. Um. And I think that, I mean, even from a, from a skeptical point of view, someone who says, well, there's no such thing as levitating. Okay, maybe. There's no such thing as psychic abilities. Okay, but surely there's reading people, there's intuition, right? There's um, being able to kind of know someone else's mind based on obs observing their facial expression, their body language, their, um, their, how their eyes are moving and what you know about them just based on appearance or based on what you, what you have learned about them or their tone of voice. And when a person is, let's say, unenlightened, <laughs> you know, when a person is, is bogged down in their own thoughts and emotions, in their own struggles and past and anxieties about the future and desires and fears and all of this stuff, they, it's like they have, you know, a dirty windshield. They can't see clearly what's on the other, what, what's going on 
in the face of the person in front of them. And then as they meditate, as they work the, these things out, perhaps journal, whatever method it is, um, you know, working with a counselor or with a guide, um, as they start to become free of the shackles of, of, of these things, then they can start to go, oh, wow, I didn't even notice that all of this is going on around here. I can clearly see what's going on in the minds of these other people, in a sense, even if you don't buy that, that telepathy is a thing. Um, then, yeah, uh, you can get distracted by that, and then you can think, hey, this person, you know, like uh, like Edward Bernays or something, the, these people over here, this type of person is interested in this. I can sell them this, or I can get them to, you know, uh, become intimate with me if I convince them that that will help them toward their goal because I can clearly see what their ego wants, what they are craving, and I can turn that to my advantage. Then obviously that person has fallen off the path and uh, where they might have started in one place and then got to another place, now they're going to go, you know, um, you might say to the Avicii or you might just say to, to corruption, to you know, off the path. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Th those those uh, things that I just said aren't necessarily like related to or an interpretation of what, I, what we read today. It's just something that came to mind that I thought I'd share. Um, based on the analogy of the lotuses. But yeah, this, this episode, I'm definitely going to listen to this episode um, a number of times. And I look forward to continuing reading the Mahavaga from the Tipitaka. And I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And um, all right. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, a wonderful year. Happy New Year. It's 2024 according to the, to the common calendar, as they say. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings.